Hey, welcome to let's. <laughs> let's welcome, talk. welcome to stop scrolling. Yep. So you just heard it. That's our new intro music. Let us know if you like it, and actually, if you like anything else in this show. So or if you hate it. Yeah. Just leave us a feedback. We have an email now. What is it, Brian? Stop scrolling. Dot podcast. At gmail. Dot com. Oh, there's a podcast. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you heard it. Um, give give that to him again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop scrolling. Podcast at gmail. Com. All right, so yeah, any sort of feedback we want to hear your thoughts on the discussion. If you want to chime in, obviously send us an email, and maybe we'll feature your questions or your suge- suggestions in future podcasts. Yeah, or if you want to join us, be a guest on the show. Yeah, we're all, always looking for like-minded people. And also to that note, we're on all podcast venues or platforms. platforms. We're on Overcast, Apple, Google, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and Anchor, of course. Yeah. If you like me, go on Apple Podcast. It's easy. Everything is there. Um, we also got a new podcast logo or like cover photo. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So go check it out. So, episode three, social media changing the way we communicate. Nice. All right, let's start it off with um, the thing we use the most and most frequently, I think, these days is instant messaging. John, I have a question. How has instant messaging changed the way you communicate? You in particular. Huh. I think, um, let's start from the beginning, all right? Let's start from when I first got my... Not even cell phone. I had an iPad, right? So I'm wait. So y- your first thing was an iPad, not even a cell phone. Well, I had a Game Boy, but like, okay, <laughs> that doesn't count, right? Let's just say like thing that got me on social media was the iPad. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, like someone. I think some family friend gave it to us. Mm-hmm. I was just on it. Like, I was on it when I was doing homework, because my thing was like, okay, so if I have questions, I could just message people, ask them how do you do this question, right? So it was like a study aid in a way. Um, But back then, super interesting because I would go on Facebook and I'll look at who's online and I'll be like, oh, this person's online. Let's chat it up. But I wouldn't message someone who's not online. Interesting. So like fast forward to today, right? I'm just messaging people like whenever I feel like it. But I don't really look at if they're online. I don't go to the page where it says, oh, people who are active and then search up, oh, is this person active? I don't even wait till like to see if they're available. I just go like, okay, they got to be available, right? Because everyone's on social media. Everyone's online. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a less formal email. True, true. Yeah, and I, I don't expect people to reply me right away and people shouldn't expect me <laughs> to reply right away as many of people who communicate with me know. But back then it was super like, um, just like a conversation, it's, except it was done online. It was like, oh, are you there? The first thing I asked them is, are you there? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, really? I just realized I, I was wrong. It's not Facebook, it was MSN. Oh yeah, MSN, that, that was good times. <laughs> but MSN was like, yeah, are you there, right? Kind of thing. Right. Oh yeah, that, because people would be online and they'd mm-hmm. be offline, so it'd be more relevant because you could, yeah, if people were offline, you didn't talk to them. Yeah, you yeah. can't. <clears throat> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't expect, you don't even know when they're going to be online next. Mm-hmm. And at that time, <clears throat> the train of thought has already passed, right? John, what was your username for MSN? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I just know MySpace. I had MySpace, yeah, right? Yeah, MySpace. The, you go on MySpace, and the music that automatically plays is... What goes around comes back around. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Man, that was my first like English song that I liked. Oh, wow. So that's cool. So do you think instant messaging is easier for you compared to like calling or in person conversations? Mm. I prefer calling, but I know it's like a lost art in the in these like this era. Um I think calling can just bring up so much more. Um like we naturally want to feel like we're naturally good at detecting people's tone of voice, right? And seeing if they're happy, sad, you know, like if they're anxious, we could like hear through their voice, even though if we can't see them in person. Um, So that's like the beauty of like human interaction conversations. But when we dumb it down to just emojis and like text messages, it's hard, right? If you say LOL, you, you think that person's laughing, but maybe they're not. Oh yeah, no, I, I always do that. I just capital LOL, <laughs> but I have a straight face as like, I'm doing something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, deceptive, right? So, yeah. Um, let me ask you this then. So what do you think is, um, what, do you, what do you think then? Like, I didn't answer your question about face-to-face, but I want you to talk about like face-to-face. How come <clears throat> people are more willing to be talking online rather than face-to-face or on phone? I think it's it's easier to talk online. Uh, there there are less barriers to it. So, the barrier of um, like location that's mm-hmm. th- that's like one of the biggest things. So you could talk to your parents who might be in like like abroad somewhere on vacation. Um, and there's also the barrier like it's just easier to hit people up. It's like mm-hmm. sliding in people's DMs, right? <laughs> like you you don't actually need to know them you don't need to like be in a social environment you don't mm-hmm. need like if if you're shy you'd be able to hit them up anyways right. just because like there are less barriers to mm-hmm. instant messaging yeah i've heard my friends say also you can craft a message that's like well structured you sound smart you don't need to like pause and think right um so it's more like I guess you can more filter what you say more easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because if you talk about, oh, you want to reach someone from like overseas or somewhere else, you could FaceTime them. But I feel like people are less willing to FaceTime. Or what do you think? Like, Yeah, I think FaceTime has a really good role. Um, what what comes to mind is like long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good, because you, you really want to see their face. But there are other times when like instant messaging is like I prefer it uh, for example if I'm working on stuff I could just instant message and like kind of switch on switch off right away like ooh, I don't ooh, know about that this, this is <laughs> okay. a this is a topic that John <laughs> let's, let's keep, keep yeah, going yeah but uh, like I could just talk to someone and then quickly go back to my work yeah and then quickly like talk to someone or like continue the conversation okay yeah I I prefer instant messaging usually. I, I for some reason I hate calling. I hate when people call me. I just uh-huh. I never pick up. <laughs> I, I always text them, "Yo, what's up? <laughs> Why'd you call?" Okay, yeah, I'll take note. Yeah, I've called you like twice and never picked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So okay. So what do you talk about when you instant message then? Topics include anything, everything, like just um, things that are acute. Mm-hmm. So like right away, I need a reply. I feel like since now everyone has their phones, it's a lot easier to get a quick reply through instant messaging compared to say emailing.、Mm. But I do prefer、um, in person. Like face to face, if right, for example, if like you work in an office, and they're like they're they're in an office next to you, I'd rather just go over and say hi or whatever.、Hmm. Yeah, talking about office though, man, let's not go there this time. But I've heard this podcast.、Um, they've done some studies about like open office,、oh, um, yeah. and talk about like how a lot of people hate it. Um, yeah, we don't have to talk in depth about it, but I just think that like the distraction is also part of it, right? You talk about like if someone's always walking over to talk to you, so maybe you can't like really focus on what you're doing.、Um, but let's get back to like the topics when we talk to people during instant messaging, right? You said it's quick, it's like instant, right?、Um, I think it's really useful when we use it for logistic purposes,、mm-hmm. like or when you want to meet up. Or like I'm here, or you know,、um, let's meet at like this spot, right? Right. So you let them know, like, kind of updating them on the go. Yeah, it's instant. Yeah.、Um, but for other purposes, I don't know if it's that effective. Let's say you want to talk about, oh, how do you get better at?、Um, let's see. We both like rock climbing, right? How do you get better at like rock climbing? Are you just gonna go on like a long paragraph writing, like you know, like talking about this to someone? Or, but like it's useful to have that instant feedback.、Mm-hmm. Let's say you're like teaching them a concept, and then they're like, "Oh, but then I have a question about this. How、mm-hmm. do I whatever like instant reply, instant like、uh, answer to、mm-hmm. the question? That's pretty. That'd be pretty useful." But yeah, I I see where you're getting at. Like, if it needs to be like a long, elaborate response, I guess it wouldn't be the best platform for、mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because I once heard someone say,、um, "There's this author called Neil Stephenson, Stephenson. I don't know how to say his name, but、um, he said that I don't do social media or these like short form text messages, short emails, because he says if you combine all my email." Correspondence or like all these like low quality writing that I do, I rather like sacrifice that and write a really good book that people can read, right? If you have like questions or you have things that I can help you out with, <clears throat> he said that it's all in his book, right? And if he wants to write a good book, he's put his like attention and like energy into it rather than you know always answering people's emails or text messages. Yeah, that's true. I I find that when I see like a, a wall of words for when I see my texts, I try to like I tend to avoid it because it's just like a lot of information. Yeah. And then like when you try to reply and say a lot of things, it just takes a long time to think about it or to make it like really good. Uh huh. So it's probably not the best because like instant messaging is pretty quick. The whole like point of it is like quick. It's to the point. I find that I, for some reason, I always fragment my text. So like every sentence or、yeah. every like phrase, I would send it, and then, 
like write the next phrase and send it. So it's just like small bursts of whatever. Uh huh. But that's effective. Yeah. Compared to like a paragraph, though, mm-hmm. it's just kind of strange. Yeah, I do that too. Like my friend pointed out to me the other day, I'm always like writing like three words per line and just sending it off. I think maybe it has something to do with our attention or like other people's attention that we just use this kind of like hack to make people want to read because you're like oh i had this idea and then they're like oh what idea and then like (laughs) they read on to the next line you know what i mean (laughs) yeah so you kind of like hack it so they have to read your messages and it's not hard because like it's like 10 messages and then like literally each one is like half a line yeah no i see that um when you read like online online news articles they have really short sentences uh-huh. or like they don't put things in paragraph form anymore right you see that it's like maybe one or two sentences and then next paragraph it's like one or two sentences mm. so they really tailor it to the like person who's just glossing over it because in reality like if you compare a news article with like paragraphs on paragraphs and you compare it to like things where it looks like it's like one sentence as a paragraph or one or two sentences per paragraph you're more likely to read the one that looks like it's one or two sentences per paragraph because it looks easier to read it mm-hmm. looks short and condensed even right. though it might be like the same information or yeah do you i was just thinking in my head do you think that type of writing style is it kind of imitating speech yeah it could be because i i did take a sort of like public speaking class right and the prof was like oh don't write your speech as if you're writing an essay because no one wants you to read out your essay right mm-hmm. but if you wrote your speech like not as an essay mm-hmm. how does that work so basically you can write an essay and be like um let's say i'm describing something right <clears throat> let's say i'm describing the olympics i'm be like oh the olympics is a event that happens every four years and how many ever countries and how many athletes compete for these events and it's like all facts and like essay form <clears throat> but if it's a speech you'll be like the moment we've been waiting for every four years the best athletes in the world right like kind of like you're just like having emphasis but also having like short paragraph or like short fragmented phrases so people are like i don't know like drawn to it right yeah yeah no i i noticed that as actually at um an event kind of thing and there's someone who like studies sort of speech i'm not too sure exactly what what it was but the way he speaks was different is like I don't know. It just felt like he was, um, what, what's those things when you're like kind of rapping, but you're rapping like a <laughs> rhyme. Like, no, no, not rhyme. It's like, it's like speech, but it's like a poetry speech. Oh, it's slam. like slam. Yeah. Slam, it's like slam. Bro, yeah. Like there's so much intonation for everything and it's like short, but like every sentence you're, you're like, I don't know. There's like emotion to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Teach me more about your speech thing, like what you learned in Dude, your I learned speech a lot, class. man. Yeah. That one semester was pretty cool because it was actually during the U.S. election, 2016. Oh. And the prof, the whole time, she was like, you know what? 
guys, I don't even know. There's no way Donald Trump will ever win this. <laughs> oh, no. And then she was like, oh, if we just analyze his, like, delivery and everything, it's so bad in every, like, you know, like, every form. Um, and she just, like, kept on, like, digging into it, right? But um, he won. And then we we're just all like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I wonder what she's going to say now. And, like, she didn't say much. But oh, man. She's, she's like, this country, is, this country is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the three main lessons? Um, I would say one, I said earlier, don't write your speech as if you're writing an essay. So make it like uh, what people want to hear, right? Like, and we did some like case studies. I think one of the case studies I did was uh, Abraham Lincoln. He had that like, what was the speech, man? It's like five, four scores and seven years ago or something. It was a famous one. And we read it in class together. And you could just tell like, I don't know, like maybe you mentioned earlier about the um, kind of the rhythm and like the length of the sentences. It really hit like a good medium where you're just in a flow, right? When you say it, it it's smooth. It's not like abrupt, but people are like, at- like attentive too. It's not too long, right? Mm-hmm. And the third thing, I, I can't think of a third thing. Maybe just be like, don't be too shy because the whole class was pretty supportive, right? Like mm-hmm. literally every other class will go up and present or say like a speech and everyone else will be like supportive. I was chill. Like you just talk about like things you like. I did um, I did one story by myself about like my uh, experience when I was doing like sports day and then I did Usain Bolt and uh, I did like persuasive speech. Yeah, I forgot but it's a good time. Yeah, sounds interesting. I, I wish we had more courses like that in university. Yeah. I don't know if there's a similar one at UBC. Not that I know of. Maybe know. linguistics? Maybe. Hmm. I have uh, no clue. Anyways, next topic we had in mind. We wanted to explore like the interruptions that notifications, like Facebook notifications, your iMessage notifications, what, what happens? Mm-hmm. So what go th- goes through your mind when you see a notification pop up? Nowadays? Or, or before? Because, like, it's different, <laughs> man. Like, nowadays, I'm like, whatever. I see it, I'm like, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, if you weren't, like, in this, like, social media cleanse kind of thing. I would say it's, I'm in a cleanse, bro. I'm just, like, I'm just happy where I'm I'm at. Okay, how about before? Uh, yeah, before, before this, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, shit, man. <laughs> Better get back to this message ASAP. It, it's like, honestly, I just felt like, hey, I'm on call right now. Like, it's like, someone needs me right now. I gotta, like, reply. And that's that's <laughs> on call for your, for your phone. Sure. Yeah. Why do you think that that happens? Mm, I, I would say it's a habit. And partially, it's also like when you are, um, <clears throat> when you are in this like kind of new trend, trendy thing about like okay, so about maybe ten years ago, right? Social media became kind of like trendy; everyone's on it, so you kind of feel like oh, you can't be left out. It's almost like a new toy; you just want to <laughs> kind of be like immersed in it. And over time, you see, okay, like, I got to adjust and still live life the way I want to. It's, I don't think it's about, like, 
um, oh, canceling all the notifications or turning off your phone, airplane mode. Like there's all those tips out there, which are good. They're helpful for some people. But I think it's about a mindset, right? Like what kind of life do you want to build and how does social media play a part in it? If it's the if you want to leverage social media and use it to your advantage, you can. And there's many ways to do so. But there's also ways that it can be destructive and lead you down a path that you don't want to go. Wow, well said, well said. So what do you do then? What's like, how do you balance it? Hmm. What do I do? Yeah, why don't you answer that first while I think about it? <laughs> well, huh, that's, can I, can I just redirect the question back <laughs> at me? What I think for for myself, oh God, that's something <laughs> for myself. Um, I kind of prioritize things. Like I, when I get a message, I do look at it. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, oh, do I need a reply right now? If not, I just put it down. I try my best to like not promote the the thing that you just said. Like how you need a reply, you're on call for it. Mm-hmm. Really, like instant messaging or your notifications are there as a tool for you they're not supposed to be like taking control of you yeah so it's really about prioritizing like what am i doing right now is it more important than what's being said on your phone or whoever is contacting you is that um reminder for your friend's birthday really that important Mm. or like is that text message really that important sometimes it is yeah but some most times you can just put it off and reply later or you can like batch things like you can do your things let the messages accumulate reply to them all at a certain time of the day that's a great tip that's a great tip guys take notes (laughs) um but i think when we mentioned this about like what's important what what we need to prioritize we kind of need to um, have a short digression and talk about like why do we think a message or notification on your phone is so important, right? Because there's been a study that's been done is that we, we what we usually think about when we're not like doing anything, when we're not actively thinking, our brain doesn't just suddenly go blank, right? Like, uh, do you ever, yeah. do you ever have that? Like your brain just like blank? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian's like, uh, just one in a million, right? Yeah. He can, he's just like a meditation master. Eyes are glazed over. I'm gone. Turn off his brain. But <laughs> for most of us out here, when we're not working on a problem or we're not like doing something that's requiring like um, requiring a lot of mental energy, um, our brain actually goes into a default. They call it a default circuit. So what happens is we gave, um, they did a study where they gave um, participants math problems, right? And they, while they were doing the math problems, they had the brain scan, fMRI on, so they could see the brain activity. Um, um, and during these math problems, in between each question, they gave the participant three seconds to just like break, like nothing in the middle. And during these three seconds, it's not long enough for them to suddenly think about a different problem or start thinking about um, something else, right? That's like on their mind. And they found that the part of their brain that fired up during those three seconds, it still fired. It wasn't blank, by the way. So those three seconds, there were it was going to the de- default circuit, which was 
social interactions. It's the same part of the brain that fires up when we're talking to someone, when we're having like face-to-face interactions, when we're talking through uh, to them through the phone, or when we're just thinking about like our interaction with someone. So the hypothesis is that whenever we're idle, we're going to think about social interactions. That's what we need as a species to survive or whatever, like for some reason. Wow, John, you're you're amazing at segueing into the <laughs> next topics. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, it's practice. But um, <laughs> what we want to emphasize here is that it's not your fault that, hey, if something pops up on the screen, you're like, damn, this is important because it's social interactions, right? That's where our brain goes into default already. And if you have that like kind of outside in- reinforcement, it's already giving you, your brain's already wanting to go there. And suddenly there's this like excuse to go there and you're like, damn, I gotta, like, <laughs> I gotta go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. When people are bored, they're like, oh, I wanna see, like, I wanna talk to my friends. Or, yeah. I wanna see what my friends are doing. Humans are social animals mm-hmm. and it really shows. And I guess that's why social media has such a big impact on society. It's just really important for people to make those connections and to reach out to people, talk to them. Makes people happier. Mm -hmm. Like, probably helps with, uh, like, depression or feeling sad, lonely when you talk to people. But is there anything that social media can't replace in our social interactions? Hmm. I'm actually kind of curious because I was just thinking when you were talking, everyone needs to talk to someone. But is that really true? Well, if you don't want to go crazy. No, but like some people, right? We were just at the talk show by Malcolm Gladwell last Thursday. And he talked about he's an introvert. He doesn't want to just like straight up talk to people. Like out of the blue, he just like knock on someone's door and talk to them. But that doesn't mean you don't need social interaction. Mm-hmm. But maybe he only needs, like, a small circle, right? Like, yeah. Fair. Hmm. Yeah, no, I've had moments in my life where I've just been at home for days on end, not talking <laughs> to anyone. Man, okay. And then the days when I do go out and talk to people, it's, it's really refreshing. Hmm. But then, as an introvert, I prefer like being at home like not talking to people more than um like being outside and talking to people right but there there's always that balance like i can't go without talking to people or else i'd go crazy true okay so my curiosity is here right like i don't want to get into the whole debate of introvert extrovert and how accurate that is but let's say someone is inherently um like more towards the introvert side of things, right? They have a small circle of friends. They only talk to certain like people, like their family. And then they're not like willing to go out of their way to talk to people. But do you think social media has become a vehicle for them to reach out to more people? Because I've seen people like out there, like never speaking anything, never talking, right? But they're posting like mad stuff, like <laughs> like bunch of shit online. <laughs> and they're just like active. Right, I don't know, like if that's the, their true self, because like if I ask them, hey man, like are you introvert, extrovert? They're gonna say introvert, but then online they're a total extrovert. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess 
maybe it uses like a different part of the brain. Like、mm. there aren't as many, or no, there are different parts of the brain firing when you actually have face to face, like physical connection or、um, like face to face connection, compared to like when you're express expressing your mind or talking、Ooh. to people online.、Um, like something statistics, a lot of your conversation is based off of like your. Like、what you see and what you see the other person, how they their posture is, for example, their tone、mm-hmm. of voice, not actually what they're saying. Maybe that's that plays a big role in like why introverts don't enjoy conversations <laughs> as much or yeah, don't no, crave. Forgetting someone,、yeah. dude. That's good. This is good, man. Brian's smart guy. He figured it out. Thanks, guys. If you're a psychologist out there, make sure you do experiment on somehow testing this. It's probably been done. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> probably.、We'll、probably look into it. Yeah. Let you guys know next episode what we find out. But another digression, a quick one, is Brian's totally right, completely, hundred percent. Because, um, dude, human interaction is so like intricate and so complicated that we use so much energy and like a lot of our brain is like dedicated to this. And what shows it best is there's been this um. Tournament in the past called Rock Paper Scissors Tournament, and it was on ESPN, right? One year or two years, but they realized after a couple years of running this tournament that the people who win are always the same people. You would think Rock Paper Scissors is a luck, like by chance game, right? But no, it's actually there's so much nuance to it. You could like trick the other person to like do what you want them to do, and it's all like mental, like kind of like reading the other person's face. Facial expression, their body language—it goes through like all of psychology, and it's so fascinating in my mind that like maybe we think, oh, this is just like you know, like chance, like thirty percent chance of winning, whatever, right? Thirty-three percent, but it's not like every year the top few players the same; they stay the same. Where did you get that from? I remember reading this too somewhere.、Um, I read in a book, Digital Minimalism by Carl Newport, <clears throat> but、um, we could look into. Statistics on ESPN as well. I'm pretty sure if they broadcasted it, they should have the statistics. Yeah, I feel like I read it in a book as well. Yeah, not too sure. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, like, I, I'm really interested in like psychology and like trying to figure out why people think or、um, why why things come to be in social interactions and how you can influence other people.、Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy stuff there.、Um, So, I wonder, like, would those, like, would the face-to-face interactions be more effective in some ways for some particular things? For example, negotiating or、um, for <laughs> you know, yeah. selling things, for example. Well, you heard Malcolm Gladwell say this. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we we recently well recently went to.、Uh, A talk from for Malcolm Gladwell's like、um, he's selling his book or something. Yeah, and it is pretty interesting. Yeah, so basically, what he proposes is that we should just straight up、um, not have face to face interviews, because from his、um, research and from his book, new book, he talks about how、um, there aren't that many like、um, concrete evidence that shows. 
we are better at making a judgment after meeting the person face to face. Yeah, one of one of the his main examples was how um, I forget which prime minister or president, but Chamberlain. S- yeah, someone went to meet uh, <laughs> like Hitler, yeah. and then that president or prime minister became like obsessed or like really, really liked Hitler mm-hmm. for some reason. But then, for example, like Churchill, um, other leaders that coincidentally ended up against Hitler who didn't meet him but read his manifesto um, just was like oh, nope this this yeah. is a total no <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like face to face interactions can be deceiving but for our purposes right when we meet someone on a daily basis we're not meeting Hitler <laughs> right? we could be <laughs> who knows, I mean, man? right I, I don't know but the chances are small right so let's say I meet someone I'm gonna like be more inclined to think they're a good person just from the fact that like okay maybe we go to the same school or like we have similar life experiences or they could potentially have very different life experiences from me but because our world is shared through like the internet and like we talked last episode about how information is being transferred to everyone like everyone has access to it we understand or like have roughly the same understanding of the world I think it's good to trust people. Yeah. Um, I think society is built upon trust. Trust is why we're such an advanced society. Right. But you can also think from the other side, from, for example, Malcolm Gladwell's Mm -hmm. perspective. He's like, you have people face-to-face interviews, but what's the difference between face-to-face interviews and like just like looking at their LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. face-to-face interviews, the, the other person could be deceiving you. They could be putting on a show, trying to look really professional, really yeah. responsible. But like when they're not in the social environment, they could be like plotting against you, <laughs> plotting against the world. True. But that's because like in an interview setting, they're trying to get something, right? They're trying to achieve something. Mm -hmm. So we usually like put on a different self in a way to like try to achieve certain goals. But what if you're just like chilling, like chatting with someone? Well, uh, another (laughs) another example Malcolm Gladwell said, I'm just basically paraphrasing everything he said, was that um, like a lot of the serial, serial killers... Every, all the neighbors were like, "Nope, I would have never expected them." I, <laughs> okay, they they were totally normal. They're quiet kid, <laughs> right? Yeah, I yeah, that's that's fascinating. But let's get back to social media and interact like online interactions. Do you think it's easier to fake who you are online though? Because there's a lot of people who like try to be someone else online, and in person they're totally different. Yeah, yeah, it's I think it's easy to do that. You mm-hmm. can have this persona. It's basically like another character that you made. Um it's really interesting like you're basically acting, you're like you said, uh you put on this face for an interview. You can put on a face online. Yeah. You could have like a really like some people are trolls on the internet like <laughs> yeah. uh, just like trolling around, but then in real life, they're really nice people. They're really 
Well, like when you see them, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they're trolls, like inherently, yeah. but like when you meet them, when you talk to them, they're really chill. Mm-hmm. You would never expect that they're like a troll online. So how can we tell? How can we tell like which one is their true self, or is there even a true self? Well, there's this like psychological theory where like. Um, I don't know exactly what what theory it is, but basically it's like a theater. There's like a backstage self. There's a mm. stage self. There's a like you have different role like characteristics or different like self based off of the role that you have. Okay. And I can see this, for example, when I'm in a leadership role, I have a completely different. Kind of persona mm-hmm. compared to when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. So in a leadership role, I would be forced to be more confident, and I kind of automatically assume that, assume that role of confidence, making decisions, compared to when I'm just chilling at home. I'm just like, oh, I don't care, like whatever you choose. <laughs> right. Okay. But I, I mean, for those situations you talked about, two examples: theater and also being a leader. Right. Those are like. Kind of like based on the circumstance and also、um, coupled in a way to the environment. Because when people go see you at the theater, they're expecting you to have a different persona. They're not expecting Brian chilling at home, right? <laughs> right. And when they go to like a meeting for your club or whatever leadership thing you have, they're expecting you to act as a leader. They're not expecting you to again be chilling at home. But online, we don't know. Like online, it's kind of like totally out there. Right, this person could be a leader one day, next day he could be a troll, right? And like we we don't know how to like judge them because there's no like set environment. Sure, there could be like one website that's like I don't know med forum, and this guy's like acting all like serious and stuff, right? And then there could be like I don't know Reddit or something else on the side, and like he's like talking about some conspiracy theories. Uh, I was actually on Reddit the other the other day, and、yeah. I was reading something about this, like. Basically, how people on the internet they can have completely different like personalities compared to like how they act real life.、Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what's your true self. Is there a true self, or are we just a consequence of our environment and setting? Yeah. Who knows? Well, I think this is a good time to ask for you know our viewers' opinion. If you have any thoughts about this, since we can't decide on like you know conclusion about this,、um, make sure you have something to say. Let us know. I think there's an option on Anchor that you could send a voice message. Yeah, I don't know if you de- you guys are up to do that, but if anyone is brave enough, I don't know. We're not gonna release your name or whatever. We're just、Maybe. gonna. <laughs> We're gonna have just an interaction, right? Like we want to know what you guys think. So, let us know. Yeah, email us, instant message us. What's、Facebook、our email again? Message us, <laughs> John. John, <laughs> what's our email? You tell him. Uh, uh stopscrolling.podcast@gmail.com. You struggled there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for today's episode. Yep. Enjoy the outro. Thanks for listening.